Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of GFT, Geek Family Therapy. I'm your co-host, Kat LaForgia, and with me, of course, is... Me! Leah! Hi! Miss me? Yes, I've missed you. Yay. Because, you know, I've been going crazy here in my house by myself. Because she's been dying, guys. Let's make this clear. She was I got, dying. I got really, 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 really bad bronchitis. And then I lost my voice. And then I got my voice back. And then I lost my voice again. So we couldn't record because I had no voice. Like, when I say no voice, like... Yeah, there was no voice. I was whispering most of the time. So completely gone. So, and this has been since everybody since uh, January 1st. So 2018 um, hit me with a ton of bricks and said, hey, by the way, 2017 didn't suck enough for you. So here is some bronchitis and laryngitis to add on to your asthma and allergies. In the words of... Maui, what can I say except you're welcome? Well, Maui can kiss my butt. I got my voice back <laughs> briefly to participate in a roundtable discussion. And then when we were supposed to record, I lost my voice again. So this is this episode has kind of been sort of like three weeks in the making and just hasn't been able to get done. Should we just jump right into it? So what have you been doing, Leah? So I've been sick and dying. What have you been doing besides uh, HQ? Yeah, so I've been playing HQ. Wow, that shit's amazing. And it's annoying and it's still amazing because it's annoying, whatever. But I've also, I went to MAGFest, music at the music and gaming um, festival. And I was drunk for 95% of it, which was pretty awesome. Okay. Because it was a, it's a 24-7, well, 24-3 hour party. So nonstop from Thursday till Sunday, from Thursday at 3 till Sunday at 3, it's nonstop music and everything just dancing the vendors are open until like 4 a.m they go to sleep and come back at like 9 a.m like hey we're back it's exhausting and awesome at the same time so so did you actually cosplay while you were there barely okay so barely as in what did you do so one of my best friends lauren decided that she wanted to cosplay for the first time so my goal in that situation was to make sure her cosplay was awesome. And so she decided to do Manat from Street Fighter Five. And so to be supportive, I was Manat from Street Fighter Five Christmas Edition. And she was the red and pink version. And she was blessed with all kinds of angles that I don't have, which is why I wore the version that had a skirt to cover my my angles that I did not have. But she worked it, killed it, looked beautiful in it. I was falling apart because I made 90, 70% of my costume the night before. And when I mean the night before, I mean they watched me paint, sew, and stitch the entire costume, (laughs) a costume and a half together in about five hours. 
do, do you have a, I guess, a, a picture of this? Because I think I'd love to see this. I have a picture of what we ended up looking like, but I don't have a picture of the hot mess that was my room <laughs> during this event of me trying to survive. And the best part was, was that after I finished, I then went to go drive into a blizzard. Yay! That that doesn't sound like fun at all. So that, was that the bomb cyclone was what they called it? Yes. Yeah. So the bomb cyclone, that got called a bomb cyclone, my genius self went, let's leave at 4 a.m. and try to beat it. We didn't beat it. Ow. You didn't beat it. So, so did, okay. So you got into the bomb cyclone. Yes. We drove straight through. I, I'm going to make this clear. My car does not have any wheel drive. You survived? My car is not supposed to happen, be in snow. My car was bought because we lived in the city and is not supposed to travel outside of the city. And yet it's the same on both sides. I just, I just didn't understand what was going on. We saw some guy who was driving around and it was hysterical. So finally, after about six hours, I crashed. I was like, okay, I'm going to die now. I have to sleep. So I let my friend drive. As we're driving, mind you, this is also still my car, so I'm acting like my mother in the, as I'm driving. Crying, crying, crying. She, I'm like, okay, some guy's like, he's blinking his um, <laughs> his right... Uh, yeah, okay. this is my left. So his right um, blinker was blinking. And so we're like, okay, go around him. Then we realized his left blinker wasn't blinking because he was turning no, it wasn't blinking because it was broken. Wait, wait, wait. And then we realized that his left wheel was was popped. What? And he's now driving on his rim. Then we realized that his front rim was popped and he's he's driving on the rim on his front wheel, on his front left wheel. Then we notice that there's a big old scrape along his left side of his car. Then we see that the front the front um light is popped out and just hanging in the front. And we look in the driver's um, seat and this guy is driving with his chest to the wheel, just staring and grinning his whole way down. And we're like, he's going to die. And we don't know how to stop this. That that really doesn't look, um, not, that doesn't sound good at all. Like it, it wasn't, it was crazy. We sat there and we were like, how is he going to survive? Will this be okay? Uh-huh. And then we saw another guy who was completely dropped. He fell. His car went all the way down into like some ditch. And I slowed down for about 2.5 seconds. Like, oh my gosh, should we help him? And then I remembered, I have no wheel drive. So if I tried, I would be in the same spot that he was. Okay. I'm good with not having that happen. We had to stop our car six times. Just to de-ice the windshield. So don't you have a defroster? The the um windshield, no. Not the, we have defrosters, but the windshield wipers were covered in ice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's completely safe. Safe. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> we stopped the car for about five minutes and the car completely iced over. 
I had to, it was hysterical and sad at the same time. Funny part is, so we stopped the car at one, one place and we see a whole bunch of guys and we're like, they are obviously on their way to MAGFest too. And I was like, should we say something? And then all of, all of my female friends went, no. Okay. Why? Because we're pretty. And they will become our best friends and try to find their way to our room when we get there. And we're not having that. And I was like, you know what? You're right. You got it. And that's how I barely survived making it three, five hours. So it was supposed to be a four hour drive. So we left at 5 a.m., and we didn't get and we didn't get down there until 4 p.m. So you so it took yeah. Okay. Okay. Why? Snow. But but did you die? <laughs> I'm not certain. I I don't think I contacted you on Ouija board. For all we know, for all we know, I just refused to like I'm like um, the professor from Harry Potter who who was so boring that he died in his while teaching, got up and went back to class the next day like it was nothing. And yeah, yeah, yeah. He bored himself to death. He was so boring. He killed himself, and then went back to class. So that's how I feel right now. I don't think anybody has the heart to tell me that I'm a ghost and just accepted it. So for anybody who's not keeping track, we are almost in fe- in February. You guys have not heard from us since December. We did have Christmas. We had a whole bunch of d- different things planned and everything sort of fell through um, again because 2017 said I didn't have enough of it and decided it like just hit me really good at the beginning of 2018. So by the way, my voice will go in and out as you can hear. My voice is really kind of scratchy still. I am living on hot water and lemon uh, and coffee because coffee, tea, um, basically anything hot is my friend. I try to drink a lot of water because they have me out still on a lot of like uh, antihistamines and decongestants and all that other stuff. So if I don't drink a lot of water, I will crack in half because I think I'm that dehydrated. Yes. So that, that's oh, been, been me. Oh, but except for the fact that I've been like going completely crazy with shopping online. And I bought like this really cool. Yeah, I, I bought this really cool bracelet that looks like a giant. Well, it looks like a really tiny belt and it wraps around my whole wrist. Um, and it's the opening crawl to Star Wars A New Hope. Oh, I saw that. You posted it. It's cool. Yes. Yeah, that's on uh that's on our Instagram for GFT and that's on my Instagram and I think it's on our Facebook. I w- I'm not too sure what I did. Yes, but I love that bracelet. I wear that every day um <laughs> since I got it. Put it everywhere. And I also got like the Ray sort of sweater from her universe. So both things I got by the way from her universe. Because I like that website. Uh, well, and since there really hasn't been anything else for well, me to do, shopping has been my only other thing. Um, 
I do, I'm still working, seeing clients, and my clients have been very, very concerned about the fact that either, yeah, either I'm hawking up lung or I'm uh, barely whispering. And I tell people, well, I'm a therapist, I shouldn't be talking too much anyway. So if I'm talking, they're not discussing what's going on in the household. Um, So then it's not my job really to speak. So, Leah, did, did, did you, in all this, did you read about that whole thing with um, yes. the World Health Organization saying that they want to actually make gaming disorder a thing? That's a first world pro- problem. That's a what? I'm sorry, you cut off. To no. Me. There you go. Did you hear me? Hello. Hi. This is Leah. I'm just telling you. That's a first world problem. It is a first world problem. It is hard key. And the thing is that that kills me about this idea of making, um, recognizing it as a game, as, as a disorder is that simply put anything can be an addiction. Oh, so, so, okay. But now this is the whole thing is that like, so it's not the DSM-5, so it's not like what us as mental health practitioners utilize when we're doing diagnosis. This is the World Health Organization, so this is more of the medical stuff than the mental health stuff, I guess I want to say, for for lack of better terminology. Um, so like when, okay, so everybody, if you did not hear our first episode. We talked all about this in our first episode. So um, pause this one, come back, listen to that first episode on why the APA had put a sort of a kibosh and they, well, not a kibosh. They put a paper, like they put a bookmark on in what, what they deemed internet gaming disorder. <laughs> and it was classified, yes, you're right, Leah, as an addiction. And it was to be treated sort of as the same thing as an addiction. Whereas if you look at the beta thing about the, the gaming disorder with, um, with the world health organization, first off, it's not internet gaming. It's just gaming disorder. Um, and then it becomes one of those like, well, how much is too much? And, yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah, if if you think about it, if you're using if your video games are taking up so much of your life that you're not doing the standard things of like, I don't know, eating regularly, going to sleep, if it's affecting your job, um schooling, you're not doing your homework, there's a problem. But I think just me that this is a symptom of a problem not so much as the problem itself. But they're not really classifying it as a addiction yeah. either. They're just kind of saying it's a disorder. <laughs> Which is where the, my issue goes with it. Like it's if it's if you guys want to classify it as an addiction and treat it as such, fine, but to consider it a disorder is like saying I like purple that's my problem. I have an issue. I like purple. I like purple a lot. No, I can function without wearing purple all the time. I can I can go about my day. 
I can survive and I and there's nothing biologically there's no synapse in my brain going you need purple in front of you at all times there's nothing telling me that it's just that I really 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 like purple and video game addiction is in most cases something that people are using to to step out from whatever their actual problem is so those people who don't want to engage with other people or the people who don't want to move forward or get or be active or for some reason cannot function properly in a reality find themselves trapped in a virtual reality or a game where they are playing nonstop or they may have a compulsive behavior where they are stuck and they can't stop until they feel like they they've completed it that's that's a disorder gaming in general is just something that's really fun to do and it's really easy to get into especially if you live in any of any of the koreas or china or america where gaming is taking precedent and gaming is becoming a a very relevant and financed division of sports and and again that that goes back to we discussed that sort of in the first episode but okay and by my mistake yes the uh so the world health organization the who is uh because i keep saying the who and then i'm thinking the band (laughs) so the who is is saying that they are going to make it a mental health disorder it's only for the icd-11 so that's basically just the the manual that would be used for billing purposes so again it's not so much for for what. So this is high key of first world disorder. If you can afford to go to a doctor, then you can pay for it. It's not a mental. It's it wouldn't be considered or classified technically a mental health disorder because a mental health practitioner technically wouldn't diagnose that based on the fact that our <laughs> sort of bible that we use, the DSM. <laughs> still doesn't classify classify as as um oh my god as a mental health thank you so concern it's a substance abuse concern like every everything is addictive anything and everything can be addictive you could be there are people who are addicted to hoarding there are people who are addicted to coupon clipping there are people who are addicted to waking up at 502 every single morning to make sure that their window is open so and this is from cnn's uh cnn health this was from december chris ferguson a professor of not that chris ferguson chris ferguson a professor of psychology at stenson university in florida whose research Mm -hmm. interest includes video games and other media violence effect and other media violence effects described the icd as the book of real diseases that you can get insurance payments for so that's literally what that is so people who have treatment centers so if you go online you will see that there are treatment centers for people who, and, and nobody can see it, but my bunny ears are out, video game addiction. So there are <laughs> treatment centers for that. So people who have treatment centers for video game addiction or a gaming disorder will now be able to get reimbursed at Ferguson. In the past, they have not. It will be a financial boon for those centers. So basically, a lot of people who feel their children are addicted to video games, so let's let's be honest about this situation. You're saying that a rich family 
because this wouldn't be a poor family because poor families can't afford for them to be on the computer at all times. Yeah. To be honest, uh, working in foster care, video game addiction is not the prevalent problem that these kids have. But so we're talking about an affluent family has a kid who's always gaming because they're allowed to game. And instead of addressing why their kid is always gaming, they go, I'm going to send you to this doctor because obviously there's something wrong with you. Nothing that I did in this situation (laughs) or the fact that I'm not involved in your life is the fact that there's something wrong with you. And so now I'm going to send you to a doctor. Wait, doctor, you're telling me that this can't be written off as well as my 17 other tax cuts I can get as a one percenter? No, we got to fix that. We're going to make this an actual um, classification of a disease. So that way my insurance, which covers everything for the smallest amount, will cover this. Thank you, doctor. We will work well together. So now our... Medicaid and whatever is going to cover this for the few people who actually use it, which is actually not anybody who would be in the 98%, to be honest. And CNN actually did a a pretty decent article on this because they do talk about the difference between, so the difference between these two disorders. So the gaming disorder that the WHO is bringing on and the internet gaming disorder, um, that the DSM-5 has on a, on a, we will kind of review this thing. So the DSM version of the gaming disorder is built around substance abuse disorder, explained by Ferguson. By contrast, the WHO version is built around whether gaming interferes with real life activities. And you know what the difference between it being a mental health disorder and a substance abuse disorder is? Substance use disorders is usually a coping mechanism and nobody who's who wants to, um, have send their kid to get tested for this wants to know that they're coping with something which means something that you did to traumatize them why they're coping with it cough cough parents this is this is her coming from the field of from uh, the field of uh, foster agency i will say from that <laughs> from the family-based perspective we will of course look at if they are using video games as a coping mechanism, that they're isolating, that they are, are they using it to, again, is it is it a coping skill or is it escapism? So are they using it to escape the problems that they're having, which again goes back to there's something else behind that we, we have to look into what is causing them to um, cough, cough, parents. I'm sorry, what's causing them to to act out or to isolate. And, you know, if if it's that, then, you know what, what's going on? What's happening at school? Have they been abused by, okay, maybe their parents? Maybe, um, you know, some again, somebody from school, maybe they're getting bullied. Maybe it's uh, a family member who has actually abused them. Maybe something traumatic actually happened. Again, it would be deemed a symptom of something else and not so much the the big bad thing that they think it is. <laughs> yeah, and when I say parents, I and when I focus on parents, it's simply that the parents need to notice the factors more than the than the prevalent concern because I'm not saying that it's the parents period that are causing the trauma for the kids. 
but they are they are a kids parents are the kids front um front line of defense so if the parents aren't aware of what's going on and are blaming and are blaming the wrong aspect or looking at the wrong aspect of what's going on you're missing out on some serious issues that could be um destroying this child because this kid because honestly the internet sucks and human beings on the gaming sites are not really human beings because they're mean they're trolls so these kids Mm -hmm. yeah that's the nice way to put it they're mean they're not nice people and these kids are willing to go through all of that abuse online to rather than do whatever they're doing or even better they become one of the abusers online it's not the game (laughs) that's causing this you really have to ask those questions yeah so uh, and we're not spending this whole episode talking about it because again we we did talk about the the we talked about video, uh, internet gaming disorder in our first episode. I will put a link to uh, Psych Tech and I think Headshots both spoke about this. So part of the Geek Therapy Network. Um, so I'll link them in our show notes so that you guys can listen to them if you want more information. We just kind of needed to talk about it because this is something that's been going on and it's something that I will be dealing with. And family-based because as soon as any parent hears that they can say that their kid is playing video games Mm -hmm. too much and Mm -hmm. it's wrong. And it's their fault. (laughs) You know. There's something wrong with my child. Fix it. No. (laughs) My child is broken because all he does is play video games. Your child is a 12 to 15 year old boy or girl. Who plays video games? <laughs> Who plays video games? Oh wait, so on before before we change topics, actually, we're um, so of course, uh, Shannon watches tons of ESPN. I was gonna say ESPN. I was like, that's so wrong. So ESPN, um, and they had the video game championships or something. The Overwatch. Yes, esports is a thing. Yeah, esports has become a huge thing. So New York won the Overwatch tournament or something. So so there so, so there are people who actually play these video games so often and they get trained the way kids would get trained for football, baseball, basketball, gymnastics, tennis, any of those sports. Esports is a thing, people. Um, kids are making mad loot for this. They're just like... And there's a lot of scholarships, school scholarships, because they're starting e-gaming as a collegiate, um, a collegiate sport. So yeah, get your kids so, in college, you put them on League of Legends. So the same way, I'm sorry, I hate to say it, the same way people said things about like pencils and the printing press and <laughs> anything, anything really. When when people are when things are new, people are still kind of like freaking out about it. If you use pencils, you're a harlot. Only whores use typewriters. And then from from the typewriters, it went to what was the other one? The electric typewriters. What were they called? Word processors. Yeah. No, 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 no. There was computers. <laughs> 
Oh, oh, like computers. We're a little slow. It's it's also right now like ten o'clock at night, and I've had uh, <laughs> three. today's wednesday right so i've had three days in a row which i pretty much did a 10 hour day each each day so i'm 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 slightly exhausted and as you can hear my voice is going so let's let's get on to the next topic because i really wanted to talk about this topic um uh, i i'm a member of of a course the apa and the aamft so The AAMFT is uh, American Association of Marriage and Family Therapists. And the APA, of course, is the American Psychological Association. And with those, I get these fun magazines all the time. And I got this really cool one for, I think it was, it was, was it, yeah, January's. uh, So I got it in December. That's why I was like a little confused. And it's uh, the Monitor on Psychology and the like the first thing you see is what is this robot called again? Jibo. This like the first thing on this whole thing is there's Jibo right right on the front. And if anybody talks to me anything about like robots, I tend to think or AI in in general, I tend to go back to the, like okay, do we not remember Terminator? This is how Skynet uh, Skynet started, right? So the the whole thing is this robot wants to meet your family. Psychological science is shaping a new generation of socially intelligent robots. So it's this whole article about social uh, social psychology um, helping the creation of robots. So sort of using media psychology, using social psycho- psychology to help create more lifelike. AI for these robots so that they can interact with people. So children, adults, teenagers, um, and the elderly in a more lifelike, uh, with a more lifelike reaction. And Leah is not big on this whole, um, (laughs) she's not big on the whole thing. Robots are destined uh, to kill us. Robots at all. Robots are gonna kill us. Yeah, if you guys don't understand this, Leah, I need you to understand this. Robots. This is how Skynet happened. This is how Black Mirror happened. Did you guys not see the episode of Black Mirror where the lady got put into a computer to a computerized Bebo and was like, "Do you like him? I love you. Do you not like him? I I want a hug." Like. Come on. They only had two emotions for a doll. That sucked. We have this whole thing. Like, there's a whole movie. There's there's no just, uh, yeah. Like, oh, my God. Where to, where to start with that mess? It's, it's I. I <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not okay with. So here's my issue. Let me tell you why I have a problem with this. First of all, have you guys seen Toy Story? Because Toy Story is where, where I first went, AI is not cool. Because now I know that Woody's alive. So if we start with AI, the first thing they're going to do is have Jibo sit in there 
don't hit me stop hitting me because you know kids are evil and tormenting um demons so the first thing they do when they get a toy is destroy it and so you're just gonna have this poor ai who's just gonna be destroyed by some three-year-old until it becomes angry and wants to destroy all children in the world stop hitting me stop hitting me stop hitting me must destroy all nope not cool not okay. You saw what they did to Sid. Sid became so traumatized that he became a garbage man. See, that's a problem. Not becoming a garbage man, the fact that he was so traumatized. But that was my first issue. Second issue was, have you guys seen... We have been watching movies for so long, and they all have the same storyline. The Pixar theory is how Cars ended up taking over as the major... um As the major creature of the land because humans could not survive on earth so they guess what we got cars watch pixar theory so the cars don't need us anymore i don't want to live in a world where so they don't I... need me anymore that is problematic for me next next so black mirror they keep going we keep going they do not want us to have ais and then y'all want to sit here with jibo who's basically wally and wally if you watch enough um co- theories about that wally wally may have been the reason why the world is ended because why is wally the only one left huh huh he the he the devil he tried to kill everybody he used everybody for scraps i tell you okay so this is apparently now has become leah's conspiracy theory regarding disney pixar movies that too i i've but been they all lead to Okay, she, she's doing Disney Pixar. We can go all the way back to the 80s and start with Terminator. Terminator, Skynet. And didn't they create a Skynet also? I don't remember what it was, but there was an actual Skynet like program or something that came out. I'm trying to remember because this was an epic rap battle between Bill Gates and Steve Jobs. And at the end... He came out at TI eighty two. No, supercomputer. <laughs> Everything you need at least that to me. I can remember the rap, but I can't remember what um so, what he was. So all right. So besides these conspiracy theater- theories, so in this article we talk about social psych- psychology and its ability to help robotics and robotic companies create more realistic AIs. Um, and more real, more realistic, emotional, um, in, emotionally intelligent robots to help interact with families. Uh, are you raising your hand? What? I found out the name. Yes. His name is Hal 9000. Oh, Hal. Okay. And he was the, he's the one who was playing the AI who was able to play chess with everybody. You're going to hear me, like, yeah, putting stuff down. I'm drinking more lemon water so I can get my voice back because I was starting to lose it during the middle of this uh, episode. She's dying, guys. We need to make sure she survives. If you want this fairy to survive, you must clap your hands. Clap your hands, everybody. Okay, weirdo. Clap your hands. No, that's See, the she's all that's now. that's the heat from the cup with my hot water in it. <laughs> um. <laughs> So, Jibo is one of them. They talk about uh, another uh, robot called Ruby and Paro. Ruby, Ruby 
uses information uh, it collects from children's faces over time to accurately predict the preferences and different types of activities. So Ruby, um, let's see if I can find the beginning of this. Uh, so several studies have explored interactions between robots and young children. In one study, US, uh, UCSD's Forster with Mohen, Mohsen Malmere, PhD, and colleagues studied interactions between toddlers and SoCal robot called Ruby, the brainchild of UCSD researcher, scientist, uh, Javier Movalon. So yes, I'm going to mess up everybody's name. For 28 days, toddlers at an early childhood education center interacted with Ruby while the robot collected data about the children's facial expressions and activities. The researchers found that Ruby learned to use information about the children's facial expressions to accurately predict their preferences for different activities. On average, the robot's predictions agreed with those of human judges as much as the human judges agreed to one another. Um, so that's the first one. Um, Paro is, has been something that's been out for a little bit. Um, I kind of like this one cause it's for the, uh, it's for the elderly. So, um, uh, so at the other end of the lifespan, older adults are using robots for comfort and companionship. The robotic harp seal Paro wiggles its flipper, its flippers, displays a variety of emotions in response to his user's touch and voice. Uh, so a pilot study by Wendy Moyle, PhD, RN, and colleagues found that older adults with dementia who regularly spent time with Paro had higher levels of pleasure and greater quality of life than peers who participated in a reading intervention. So this one was done in the Journal of Gerontology, Nursing, Volume 39, Number 5, back in 2013. So they're saying that someone, people need human, need interaction, and interaction beats reading a book, but does it beat human interaction? Well... Hmm. I don't think they did that study. <laughs> because it would not give them the results that they want. Well, we both know that uh, the reason why they put these studies in place is because people are lacking from human interaction. So, um, And then last year, a company, Brazil Heads, called Gibo, uh, released a tabletop robot of the same name that, that can tell jokes and stories, play games, and otherwise interact with people around it. The robot uses facial and vocal recognition to get to know each family member, adapting its interactions to each individual. Jibo is designed to interact and express its own internal states, such as its likes and dislikes. Um, it's the very beginning of the new technology. So, that's one thing. Um, they, of course, break down into other little writing things where they talk about kin, robots, steady human, humans. Um, and based on, based on basically what this article says, robots are kind of studying humans. They, they um, are taking social cues based on um, tone of voice. They're taking facial recognition, things like that, to tell whether or not children like things, kid, uh, adults like things, or older adults like things. So we're already at that part, that point, which I think, and, and I didn't see Toy Story so much as I saw, I did see Wally though. Um, and that's Wa terrifying. That's quite terrifying. That's terrifying. 
and even in Wally, the end well, exactly. the big bad was the and shit. And that's what it, that's what I was getting to is the the AI that was was running the ship, and basically everything that happened with humanity and Earth was based on the fact that like it had studied humans and figured this is the best way for humans to live further. Um, of course. Of course, they totally forgot to mention that, like, when babies were born, they were using them to make those yummy slushies that they were drinking all the time. You guys like being lazy. Why not? Did you forget that part? You agree. Yeah, <laughs> I got that part. And I was drinking something at that exact moment, which was to, which was <laughs> blackberry disgustingness just now. You just hurt my entire stomach. It's a good thing that was ginger ale evil so in summary robots are evil if you teach them too much they will take over the world that's kind of my concern the end i i think we're it's not just a concern this is a legitimate fact they had an ai on twitter for a total of like two hours and within two hours they made the ai a racist the ai one said hail okay, Hitler but that's by the based end of on it. again robots picking up what the community that it's involved in so what you're saying is if robots observes humans they would pick up on all the terrible things that make us human and then try to mimic it with robot version of powers. So robots have are stronger than us, smarter than us because we've taught them to be both of those things. If we if they weren't, we wouldn't need them. So we're going to go with the base fact that whatever robot is studying us is stronger and or fat, um smarter than us. And they're going to take observe all of our terrible factors because that's what that's all we love to show about ourselves. Humans love showing the worst part of themselves to others. So what this robot's going to see is how terrible we are, how greedy we are, how how non-empathetic we are, unless it's like emergency protocol B. But in, And then be like, okay, so that's how humans work. That's how I'm going to work. Okay, so I'm going to hate one entire race because YOLO, it's a race. And I'm gonna and I'm going to think hate a certain religion because YOLO, it's a religion. And you're just going to destroy all humans because that's how we end up being because what they're going to say at the end of the day is unfortunately and you know what this is my personal opinion but i don't think humans are at a point where they that if a robot were to assess us would consider us worth saving okay so actually there's there's actually a whole part of this article that they talk about that so is can we design moral robots so this is by uh, kirsten weir and she said, unlike factory robots of the past, social robots will re- will be required to navigate a complex human world and will be expected to, be, to have more autonomy and decision-making capabilities, says Beecham Mail, PhD at Brown University. And to do those things... There was wait, a movie about that. And to do those things... He says, they will need some capacity for moral ju- judgment. For example, Mail asks... What should an elder care robot do if a human companion is begging for pain medicine, but the robot cannot reach the doctor for approval? How should a home robot intervene when it witnesses the family's 10-year-old doing something mischievous? 
that requires a capacity to recognize social and moral norms, act on them, and recognize when others violate them, he says. Robots have to follow human community norms, and the transition between social norms and moral, moral norms is a fluid one. So in other words, like, is that, very, is that even possible? In a recent publication, Mail and Matthias Schautz, PhD, outlined three, uh, three steps toward designing robots with a moral compass. Um, and this is in the robot, uh, the Rutledge Handbook of Neuroethics in 2017. Step one is to understand the moral expectations that people have for autonomous agents. Next, designers will have to develop mechanisms allowing robots to process and act within those moral boundaries. And finally, Mail says humans will have to give careful thoughts to moral standing of robots. Will robots be held accountable for actions that cause people harm? Will they receive due process and their other protections against, uh, and their own protections against them? These questions are not uh, aren't just philosophical riddles. Their answers, uh, the answers have real world implications that can and should draw from the fields of psychology. Mail says, "We don't even know how norms are represented in the human mind." He says, Psycholo- "Psychologists have something to offer to refine the knowledge and build new knowledge." We might be a way off from having to create a legal defense teams for rogue robots, but if we're to welcome robots into our lives, Mail said, morality should be a building block rather than an afterthought. So now, what what movie? <laughs> I Robot. The entire premise of that movie was that they had the three laws of robotics. It was a robot may not injure a human being, a robot must obey orders given to it by a hum- human beings, and um of Roma must protect its own existence as long as it does not um conflict with the first or second laws so and like their zero law which was robots may not harm humanity and in that because robots are built to become stronger and or smarter than us they found a way to circumvent those laws Second issue with that is morality is relative and it is due to perspective so my culture's robot may be different from your culture's robot. An a, um, a, a robot that was built in Japan may be set up so that it bows to others when it um, speaks to them, so that it says, or my family, it will say please and thank you before it. And then another one might be like, my morality is I didn't kill you, you'll die. <laughs> so, but all right, you die. but now, so, and this is this is something that they're ta- they're talking about is, we're, so it's it's basically needing the help of psychologists to create help create this morality. So, but if we had if we could have fixed that, wouldn't we have fixed that in humanity already? No, being perfectly honest. But this is building a whole new infrastructure. This is creating this is creating a moral network. But, but the other thing is, infa- mm-hmm. but here's the issue with that. The issue with building a moral network is in the fact that it is completely relative. If we were to do that, we would have to we would have mm-hmm. to understand that we as humans are hypocrites. Because you tell a robot you may not harm others, yet we have the death penalties. We have cops who shoot six hundred and um two hundred and sixty something black men um last year alone. We have those things, and the robots are supposed to observe this. And they have to go use their AI to say, 
this is what my morality is, but according to my morality, they could either say my morality is wrong because based on what my observations of human beings are, or humans are wrong based on what my my um, ingrained study of what morality is. Because guess what, humans are hypocrites, and we're uh, we're if we allow AIs to come to a point where they can understand and comprehend things. They're gonna win, and it's gonna be it's gonna be hard. And I don't think they're we're anywhere near creating this, at least not in our lifetimes. Um, thank, thank the guys. So, so oh then, God. I, okay. So, so Leah is completely against this. I think Jibo is cute, um, and I'm totally, I am totally for <laughs> a Google not system be in my just house. because I'm kind of absent-minded and I have to have everything written down and even so I I literally write things down I have a to-do list I have a to-do list on my phone I have my planner for work and in my planner for work I still have personal stuff written in it because I need to so the stuff that a lot of the stuff that's in my work planner is in my uh phone and vice versa um, so I kind of live off of several things. So having a Google assistant, I thought would be useful for me because then I can say something like, Hey cat, it's like two o'clock and you need to get on the road to get to that meeting that you have or the conference that you're supposed to do. Or, you know, something like, Hey cat, um, you said to give you a reminder in an hour to write that abstract that you're supposed to be writing. And, uh, like, here's your hourly reminder, um, <laughs> you know, or, or take your medication. <laughs> and while all of that is nice, it's not free. Unfortunately, while all of that is a nice idea, it's not free. And so we're going to end up paying for that. If it's not it through our wallets, it's going to be through advertising. And I'm I'm already not okay with the algorithms that is being used by Facebook and Google. That I was on um, mm-hmm. Broadway Week the other day. And I just happened to stay on on a picture for longer than like two minutes suddenly i was getting advertisements for that play it was popping up in my facebook it was popping up in my google feed just randomly suddenly hey have you heard about this crazy mom play called once on this island (laughs) huh mind you this play has been out for a couple of years or a couple of months i don't know i haven't seen it and I've never seen an advertisement. Have you before. heard about Hamilton? And I'd be like, bitch, I don't have seven hundred dollars. Well, because you looked at a picture of Hamilton, suddenly they're like, You should probably watch this. You might be interested. That's problematic. So the moment we get so involved in our AIs and in our assistance is when we start giving Google Analytics and Facebook Analytics our entire life. So then I have a question for you because what do you th- like and and it's it's similar sort of um Facebook had the Facebook ther- sort of like Facebook therapist which was sort of a CBT thing it was a check-in on um on Facebook Messenger um so sort of like a robot therapist I can't talk to myself. That's why I don't have my own podcast. <laughs> That's my honest truth. I know once I know what's an AI, I know I physically feel like I'm talking to myself and I can't do it. Okay. I have replica. 
I have a replica on my computer, uh, on my cell phone, and I tried talking to it, and I felt like okay. I was talking so to myself. What do you think about then? Um, so, uh, what is your feeling on a social, socially assistive robot? So the so Paro for the elderly, or um, there was a robot that was to help. Um, children with autism based on the fact that like a lot of them have issues with social, um, social engagement with, with human, with humans. I think there is a limit. I think that mm-hmm. in concept, uh-huh. these are good ideas. I think there's always a limit to how far we should go with these assistance. Because not simply because, oh, this is only don't do it because there's a better way or a more efficient way, but because but will this help in the long run? Those long those magical we help you out, it doesn't really help in the long run because it doesn't help a child who has these issues deal with it because now they have a crutch, they have something to do instead. And so I I believe that these things are great if they are used in conjunction with human interaction and or um, regular therapy or regular um, support. I don't think it should be the end all be all. So like Paro is really nice for dementia treatment, but that doesn't mean that we should just leave leave all our dementia treatment um, patients with their little seal (coughs) and be like, congratulations, you'll be I will see you at your funeral. No, you still need to do your part. You still need, they still need human interaction. They still need to be able to, because the reason why they need parallel is because they need human interaction. So make sure you're giving them the actual, don't give them vitamins and tell them (laughs) it's a steak. That's what I feel. That's what I feel all of this is. This is these are all supplements, but they're not meals. You need to give them what what they need and not just fill in the gaps. Get me? Do I make sense? Sometimes I do. Yes, you make you make sense. Yay. But yeah, robots are evil. I cannot live in the world with a bender walking down the street. So uh I've all, I've watched enough Doctor Who to beware the Cybermen. So Cybermen and Daleks, you're looking out for. Yeah, man. Trust me, I I look at all garbage truck um cans funny. Anytime you see a plunger coming out of a garbage can, you're a little confused, right? Yeah, I'm concerned. There are legitimate concerns. I'm like, no. Anybody who got a xylophone, those washboards on their chest, I'm like, no, it's it's the beginning of a Cyberman. This is how they begin. So, so okay, so we all know Leah's against the whole robotics robotics thing. I think that robots, with in conjunction with working with a therapist, in conjunction with regular human interaction, um is beneficial. So again, and I'll link to this article, um, in the show notes too. Um, but yeah, and, and Leah, Leah, you're completely right. Like the reason why Paro is there is because they are lacking in human interaction. Um, but the other thing is a lot of these people who have their, their, uh, parents who have dementia or Alzheimer's 
in nursing homes or assisted living facilities um, are working because they have to have their family member in an assisted living facility. Well, I understand that because my stepdad had dementia before he passed, as well as my grandmother. Um, my grandmother had Alzheimer's before she passed. And so it was difficult. Mm-hmm. It was, it's very difficult interacting with these members of your family once they no longer are themselves. And honestly, dementia makes the person no longer themselves. I got cursed out by my grandmother for the first time in my life because of dementia. My grandmother has never cursed in my in her life until the day she told me I was the devil's child. That shit, I still remember that, and that was 13 years ago. So that was something that kind of stuck with you, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Um, but that's one of those effects of what dementia does to a person, what Alzheimer's does, does to a person. And so... I understand why a par. This is yeah. why I understand why peril is necessary, because it is very difficult for family to face that. But it's also something that we have to do. I had to go to the nursing home to see my stepfather. I had to go to Jamaica to see my grandmother because she is. At the end of the day, this is family, and we do have to do our part so that they're they're not alone they're not dying alone so okay and and i think when you say you have to it's not that you were being mandated it wasn't that you were being forced to go this was something no this is those moral laws (laughs) that we need to be teaching our robots yeah i I just wanted to make sure that that's where you were going with this moral laws that is not even in see this is this is the issue with the term of morality is because Humans are selfish and there's no real way to define morality without addressing the fact that selfishness is the basis of human interaction. I want to be a good person. Most people, when they say they want to be a good person, when you say, why are you a good person? Because I want to go to heaven. Okay, so they're not doing it because Because they, they, they want to get something out of it in the long run. Okay. Exactly. And it whether they whether it is um short term fame or long term holiness, a lot of these good mor- moral decisions, quote unquote moral decisions, are based on their selfish gains. And so this is why I became a pagan because that whole do and ye harm none, do what you will is a is a test of mindfulness. And we're not gonna go into oh, religion yeah, right listen, now. Ro- religion is off the table. <laughs> we will not discuss it. Um, what I will say though is, you had made a good point on on culture and everybody's culture being different. But Leah, I mean, we have to look at it as a completely different um, mindset because I'm, you know, I'm Hispanic. I'm a Latina. I'm from Puerto Rico. I'm a New Yorker, but I some of those things really don't define me. And my culture, I consider, is like nerd culture or geek culture, you know. So my thing is video gaming. My thing is reading all the time. My thing is I'm a little bit of an introvert most of the time. Yeah, but you're also one who's like, I'm walking here. And... Yeah. <laughs> but But so when we're saying culturally, are we talking about... Like your your culture would would include 
your your anime, your uh, learning Japanese, your you know cosplay, yeah, like building and developing cosplays. That's all part of your culture. So, are we creating a robot to understand the difference between the culture that you and I have and distinguish ourselves as, or are we going to say racial culture or ethnic culture or you know? Or, or religious culture, and in those, and that's that will depend on the person who builds the AI, which is why I say morality is going to be relevant, um, relative, relevant. Um, it's going to be relative because should a Christian man make the um make the uh, and I'm not saying like a a perfect Christian man. I mean like a down south. Um, Trump believe Trump toting Christian who sits there and says, "I believe that um homosexuality is a sin, according to Leviticus, whatever," and teaches him has the has the robot read the Bible, read only Leviticus, and these are everything that's a sin. We're gonna have a robot running around throwing stones at females. Okay, listen, if the robot is reading Leviticus. Um, we're going to have a robot that's going to kill men because their hair is short and they shave their beards. We're also going to have, uh, yep. or or because they have tattoos and piercings, we're also going to have a robot that kills men and women um, based on the fact that my t-shirt is uh, 95% cotton and 5% like polyester or whatever. Um, because that was also part of the whole, you know. Exactly, and that, and then we have, and that's why I'm saying mo- the morality of BC is very different from 2018 AD. And how can they? Someone has to sit down and define morality before they can plug it into a. a no, now just just to a robot. rain on your parade. I'm just saying. It, I'm I'm just saying, some down south Leviticus loving Bible thumper is most likely also not going to have a ro- ro- robot. Just saying. Hey, you don't know where. See, intelligence is not financial, and you never know who the next. Because let's be honest, those people who make meth. Are chemists. Yes, but someone who is reading the Bible and is reading Leviticus is also going to say that a robot is uh, against God's creation and how dare us try to like manipulate humanity, morality, whatever. So I'm pretty sure just just based on this argument alone that they wouldn't have a robot. But I would counter that and tell you about Joel Osteen. Joel Osteen is this white, um, the one who has the mega church. South, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jet- we we all know him. Yeah, he going hell. <laughs> and he can fund, and unfortunately for us, NASA is not funded. The sciences are not funded according to um, just general knowledge. It's a funded according to people's whims. So if he wants to fund a sign a robot that is a religious robot 
he can do it. He can drop a, a million dollars, a, a million dollar grant on a on any scientist that's willing to make an AI that is a Christian, a Christian AI. Leah, why why are you poo pooing on my like robots can be built to have some type of good moral compass humans (laughs) psychologists and that's literally why because our job is to look at the human brain and the the greatest thing about psychology is that the human brain is always changing there is no cut and dry of how the human brain is supposed to perfectly behave because no Listen, before I kill someone, I like to think that they are a good person. I because because I think I think in this whole thing everybody has figured out I'm actually a very nice person since I'm over here believing that people can teach robots to be good. And I actually do believe in that people can you know, like I will give them the benefit of the doubt, but I'm also not stupid. Um and I'm very very uh what's that word? Leah? Optimistic. Realistic. I am optimistic that people would make a good choice, but I'm also realistic that um, people as a group are stupid. A person can be smart. People are stupid. I I agree. I agree with that. But the unfortunate fact is that people become stupid because a person is loud enough to be heard. And so it just takes one person who has the means of Mm -hmm. shifting ideals to affect. Let's talk about um, Nazism. That was one person who had the the ideals and the character to affect an entire country. Same thing with um, fascism, Marxism. These are all started from one person who had some real big ideas... And they rolled a 20 on that charisma. Exactly. Oh, I played my first um, D&D type game. It was called Pathfinder. Oh, you played, you played Pathfinder. Okay. Yeah. Yay. It was cool. I was terrible. I tried to kill somebody in his sleep and they told me not to because I was supposed to be a cleric okay. and I was supposed to be a good cleric. I was like, but um, he's dead yeah, already. Cleric, so what's the point? You're, you're not supposed to. And, and I saw this really great meme and I thought it was hilarious and I think I need to keep it some, I have to put it on a t-shirt or something. Um, necromancers are just late healers <laughs> see smart um, that's smart so, all right so all right so if we wrap this up in a nice little bow leah is boo robots cat is mm, okay robots i'm not gonna say yay robots i was going to because i just think G- uh jibo is so cute um and BB-8 is adorable. No. Because I've seen... Have you guys seen... No. Think about what's the... That was the not the Furbies. Okay, but the gremlins. gremlins. They were all cute. And then you put water on it. You put water on a on an electronic. What happens? It fritzes out. You put water on Jeevo. He's going to kill you. Okay. Gremlins were... I, I want to say mammals, but they were at least organic organisms. They were organic organisms. Whereas Jibo and BB-8 
are inorganic. And, and, and R2-D2, by the way, fell in the water in the swamps in Dagobah and had been in the rain during that whole time while Luke was in Dagobah system training with Yoda and R2 didn't like fritz out. Granted, he curses more than like Samuel Japs- Jackson, and that's the reason why he's all beeped up, bleeped out. But uh, <laughs> so, so there are good robots. <laughs> they just put plastic dip on him. They just sprayed him with plastic dip. That's why he's water. So he's um he doesn't have any water retention. Okay. Oh, by the way, Leah, I'm creating my first cosplay. I, I will send you a picture of I started sketching out what I was going to be doing. Makeup and all. So I will I will send you a picture of that. I am not gonna post that on this podcast because I don't want anybody to see until I've actually have most of the stuff ready. So all right everyone, we will see you again hopefully soon. We've missed you all. Um, happy 2018. I hope everybody else's 2018 New Year started off way better than mine. Um, Leah, anything to add? Never eat yellow snow. That is good advice. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, Leah, where can they find you? LFB! So, you can find us both on Twitter. Um, horror is, uh... Hers is at L-F-B-E-E-E. Yeah. Or just start adding B's until you see someone who looks like me. Yes. And then mine is at K-A-T-M-F-T. So at K-A-T-M-F-T on Twitter. Um, And you can find us both also at Geek Fam Therapy on Twitter. And our Facebook page, Geek Family Therapy. And... Yeah, GFT, yes, Geek Family Therapy. Therapy, and then Instagram, right? Oh, yeah. We're on Instagram as GF Therapy, and we're actually pretty active. Yes, we try to post we, we try to post stuff on, on the Instagram often. So please come check us out. Um, if you like what you hear, subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher or I don't know where you're listening to this on Google uh, iTunes. I, I I know iTunes, man. <laughs> all of the things. Yeah. We're, we're, cats, we're pretty much almost pods, anywhere you this. listen to podcasts, you can find listen. us. And of course, we're part of the Geek, Fam- uh, the Geek Therapy Yay! Network. So if you like what you hear here, listen to them because they're way better. <laughs> I didn't say that. Um, <laughs> so, good night, everyone, and hopefully we'll talk to you guys again soon. Night! Yay! Okay, we love you. Bye-bye.